All right, you're back in the DFSR, broadcasting live from the Vivid Seats Lounge on the Overtime Media Network with an NBA podcast. I'm Doug Norrie, and that is... James Davis. Oh, you know we're sitting in the same room again here. Indeed. I guess for last week, I guess, did we do, I can't remember if we did basketball from the same room or we did football from the same room. Who knows? Who can keep track of all these podcasts? The broadcasting schedule is just, gets hot and heavy when you're doing multiple sports. And you're the only two guys that are running. But that's, how, that's why the system stays good. Because they've got only two guys with their hands on the controls. Now, the NBA, I mean, are we entering like just full-on, just alternate universe territory, the NBA? Last night, the Mavs beat Milwaukee on the road without Doncic. Andre Drummond sits out his second game because of an avocado. <laughs> like, are we, like, I feel like we're just, I feel like we're in the NBA weird season right now. Um, do you, mm-hmm. I, I, maybe I'm just like taking one night to you know, transcribe one weird, a couple weird nights onto this thing. But like, I don't know, does this, this kind of stuff, I don't know, I guess I don't have a thought. It's just weird stuff. Any, any quick thoughts here that we can, we can get started on the sleep. Thoughts on weird stuff. Weird stuff. I'm looking out the window and watching my son run across the lawn in his pajamas barefoot while it's snowing outside. So go. that's a weird thing that I'm noticing right now. As far as the NBA, I mean, when you pay as close attention to the NBA as we do, like things are bound to seem weird from time to time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just par for the course. Teams lose, teams win. I don't read that. I don't read it at all into that Mavs win over the Bucks, right? I mean, when you have a little, it's sh- interesting. It's like have cool a shooting. Things can happen. The Bucks had won so many games in a row, so it's notable whenever they lose. But yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're gonna get. We have actually a decent sized Tuesday slate here for you know. Just typically we pile on to Mondays and Wednesdays with these games, but there are six games in the schedule. Fair amount of injury news and kind of more of the guys coming back territory um, that we need to sort of try to figure out. But the first one is the Lakers go in and play the Pacers. The news here is that Anthony Davis is questionable. And I will say he's been questionable at times this year with other random stuff. This one feels a little bit more questionable than those other ones. Like the other things that he, and I'm not going to go through the list of all the things that have he's been dinged on this season. He's played every game, by the way. Um, but th- this season, he's had questionable tags, and usually midday, he's just they say he's going to play because he goes through shoot-around, it's fine. This one, I will say, seems maybe a little bit more like, hey, we could rest him here. Um, and, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if you just saw the Lakers. Do- they're, they're so far ahead. There's 23 and 3. And they're, they've won so many games. At some point, they probably needed to say to themselves, we just got ourselves out to such a good lead here in the West that it's just okay to give a guy a day off or two. Um, Kuzma is already sitting out here, but they're getting Avery Bradley back, so they're getting healthier in some spots and not so much in others. What are your thoughts here? One, if Davis plays, because they're both both LeBron and, and, and AD are have been great for cash games recently, especially with the minutes floor, and then sort of also what happens if he sits. Well, Davis is still really cheap on FanDuel as well. I mean, he's 10-7 over there, and one thing we know about Davis from his time in New Orleans onto the Lakers is that He'll miss games, uh, random stuff will happen, but when he's out there, he tends to just play his minutes, and he's been heading to the locker room a lot less as a Laker than he did as a Pelican as well, so that's always a welcome sign. Uh, I think the right ankle thing is somewhat legitimate. He had been a game-time decision on and off, like you said, for the last couple weeks, uh, but the fact that this happened at the end of that game, that that's always the scariest time for injuries like these because you don't really know, like they won by 15 points, you don't really know what the plan is. Um, until we see it the next time in action. Given that it's a 7 o'clock game, though, I think we're going to have a pretty good feel for it. I think LeBron is a cash play sort of no matter what, and it probably will only infect for my for our purposes. I think right. the, the, I'm no problem running LeBron out here, even against a decent Indiana team. Um, but 
in terms of Davis sits, he becomes an autoplay, right? Like that only affect sure. his, from my perspective, it only affect his ownership at that point, right? Like, and I think we actually even at Davis sits, we'd see some weird, we'd see some lower ownership on him because people are just, and rightfully so, they just have PTSD around this guy's injuries, and I get it. Like, um, every if you've been playing DFS for more than a few years, everyone has an Anthony Davis story they can tell their grandkids about. Yeah. Um, when but it's, you have the best one. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm looking into it. So the um, so. I think that I think that's I think it's just gonna be an ownership thing on the Pacer side, and I will say without Davis, there is going there is going there's going there going there will be other minutes open up. It's not clear to me one to one that could be. I don't know if they just go all wings here. They do have some size would have some probably some size issues against Indiana, who is still starting Sabonis and Turner. Um, I just don't know what they'd end up kind of running out here. So this one. I think we're very lucky that it's the first game. I think we'll have real clarity. I think we'll see some, could see some weirdness around their starting lineup. Uh, you can go ahead and I'll talk about Indiana real quick. Well, yeah, so I guess I just do have one little piece of concern about LeBron. I mean, if Davis were to play tonight. So Indiana, this season, uh, middle of the pack pace, top five in defensive efficiency. And a number that we haven't looked at quite as much this year as we have in years past is those are those defense versus position stats because positions, I think we've acknowledged, are so fluid these days and... You know, what is LeBron? Is he a power forward? Is he a small forward? Is mm-hmm. he a point guard? It really just depends on how the other team lines up against him. So he could be covered by a power forward one game and a shooting guard the next. But Indiana, their lead on the pack is so stark in terms of being the best against opposing small forwards this season. So they will have 32.5 fantasy points a game to opposing small forwards this year. The second lowest number is 37.4, which is incredible. I mean, that's that's a difference like you don't really see in these DVP stats. So is that something we would read into a little bit more or do you just not care? Because I get it with Davis I, off the floor, like LeBron is LeBron. I care in the uh, sense that it's interesting and they're good at defense in general. So like the, this is the fifth best defensive team in basketball this season. Right. So um, and I, we've worked this season to sort of start to start to remove DVP stuff. Um, not fully. It's in there, but it's not in there nearly as much as it has been in the past for us. And so um it, it's meaningful in the sense that this is not a perfect matchup, and LeBron's floor I find to be just so high on a night-to-night basis at this point that, especially, I'm also just comparing it to the rest of the slate um, on a night where there aren't a lot of other great spend-up options as far as I'm concerned. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of more where I land. The DVP thing to me is interesting, and it's far from any kind of deal breaker because, like the other. So real quick, the other spend we're gonna get we're gonna roll through the rest of these games quickly after this, but. The other spend-up option, you have Davis and LeBron. I'm just going down the salaries here. This is on FanDuel. You have Davis and LeBron. We already acknowledged um, whatever happens here will probably affect the slate. Then you have Trey Young against New York at 10000 Okay, he's been good at times. There's some volatility there. Then you have Kawhi and PG both back. We're going to get to what that's going to mean for the Clippers. And then you go all the way down to Spencer Dinwiddie at 8300 At some point, with even moderate options, you're just going to need to spend the money. And so I think this is where, and especially, I mean, 100% of Davis sits. I think that this is where... It's probably just more of a cost and floor thing more than anything else. I think this was a ten game slate and we had guys like Giannis and and right. you know I'm trying to think who else like you know, you mean like guys like Jimmy Butler anybody else in this upper tier I think we would not be discussing it and I think it's more has to do with the slate than anything else. Pacers hard to run these guys into the Lakers. I will say though if Davis sits that does impact the Lakers defensive metrics of course, yeah. um, pretty significantly because he's gonna he's gonna start trending toward if he's not already defensive player of the year stuff he's one of the very, very best defenders in all of basketball, specifically against a position with guys like Sabonis and Turner, that more Sabonis than anything else. That can I think that would this would be a situation where I would probably talk we would have to toggle some of the defensive metrics on the Lakers without Davis 
because he's just that good. And there's very few guys. And they're who, so shallow as well. They're exactly. In the big man position where, you know, McGee and Howard have actually been pretty solid this year on the defensive end, but nothing like Davis would be. So I think you'd see more, you'd definitely see more Jared Dudley. You'd probably see a little bit more Dwight Howard. And I think you'd probably have, they just go really, really wing heavy um, and probably just play smaller than they have. And good thing, good news is we will have that news uh, before anything goes down. Sacramento goes in and plays Charlotte. Sacramento's four and a half point road favorites here, getting healthier with Bagley coming back. They've come back uh, and played Bagley at the five a little bit uh, with sending Rashawn Holmes with those minutes uh, kind of tumbling. We've seen Bogdan Bogdanovic come off the bench and do some stuff, though his non-scoring stats have basically fallen off a cliff at this point. He's basically score. He seems to be these days score or nothing. And then you have uh, Buddy Heald, um, who you kind of need to catch on a hot shooting night but the minutes have been there. Give me your thoughts on Sacramento, and we can toggle over to like, some Hornets' thoughts, too. Yeah, so it's a good matchup for Sacramento, um, first of all, and I think that's always worth considering, like you said, on a pretty small slate. I think Heald is pretty interesting here. Um, you know, he's got a few really good games on his track record recently, although the thing that's going to be front of mind for most people is the fact that he laid an egg in a great matchup with Golden State, but prior to that, he had four straight games at 5x points per dollar, uh, including... You know, against some solid teams too, like Dallas and Houston. I mean, at least solid real life teams, if not uh, solid defensively. So I think he's worth consideration. Uh, what are your thoughts on Corey Joseph? I don't know if you mentioned him, but right now our system is curious about playing him. He's only 4,000. It's a really small slate. And oftentimes, these are the types of slates that our system wants to slum a little bit and play these almost like. I wish we had a different word for this, because like punt to me means. Um, you know, Al Farouk Amino enters the starting lineup. He's 3,500. He's like, like a fawn maker last night. Like he's like an automatic play, easy. Like he's going to score the value. But the question is whether he gets 7x or 10x. Corey Joseph has just been in the starting lineup. Yeah. This is just sort of right for his production. It doesn't appear to be a tremendous ceiling, but, you know, he's going to be out there for 30 minutes. What are your thoughts on him as a cash game? And I will say it's refreshing to me when a guy switches teams and systems and still kind of brings his brand of no fantasy points per minute production from one team to the other. So it wasn't even a Pacers thing with him. It was just kind of a, oh, this is just who Corey Joseph is uh, sort of thing. He's We've just, had some good times with Corey Joseph in the past. <laughs> he's he's, he's the just, Toronto he, days, then? He just doesn't do much. They don't run the offense through him. Um, that's just not his role uh, as a point guard. They don't really have a ton of options behind him, with like with Yogi Ferrell. The minutes are there. This would be hold your nose and deal with it at a position that's, that's pretty rough. And I think this is why you're going to see probably some Trey Young ownership on right. more on this slate more than anything else is because, um, again, like you run out of places to sort of spend the money. But if you're going LeBron and AD, then you're going to have to save somewhere. Not a terrible option. Hard to imagine he completely blows it out of the box. Then you have Charlotte, who last game against the Pacers started Zeller and Biombo together. Um, got absolutely dumpstered, as you would expect, because that just seems like just the very worst kind of matchup. Well, it's the opposite day for like the, in a league that's going smaller. They're like, we're going to play our two tallest, slowest guys. Right. It's just, well, I guess they were trying to combat the Sabonis Turner thing. Like, I'm not really sure. It didn't work. Um, I don't know if they do it again. They both played like 28 or 29 minutes. Now, they are getting Marvin Williams back here, and, and P.J. Washington is out. So P.J. Washington is going to miss a few weeks, I think, with a fractured hand. So P.J. Washington is out of the mix, and that is a lot of minutes. P.J. Washington mm-hmm. for... His lack of production at times was playing a lot. Um, I get, and I I think the good news here is that we're going to, again, get starting lineup news. I like This is a 7 o'clock game. I'm glad. I would not be shocked if they just played someone else at the 4 here. 
Although, like I said, with back, I, I just, it's like you can't really. It's so hard to imagine running Zeller and Biombo into like or this Williams. Team. I mean, he's probable for tonight, but if he were to start, we know that he can play eighteen minutes in a start, twenty-two yeah, minutes I in know. a start. That, but he is thirty-seven hundred, and we've seen him be pretty damn good on a per minute basis relative to this price too. So that would, that's going to be a tough call if, if it comes in that he's getting the start tonight. If he's getting the start, I think I'd be fine doing it. Um, even though this is a different team than we've seen in the past, Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier eat up a lot of this usage. Miles Bridges is still playing a lot of minutes off the excuse me, a lot of minutes in the starting lineup. So I think we have some clarity at least around the one, two, and three on that team. The four and five, I'd be I we just there's just been they've been all over the place. Because they're a bad team. They don't know they just don't have a lot of options. So it's kind of just throwing things at the wall, see what sticks territory. But that's a scary proposition because when you're doing that, you can just get Nick Patoon plays 30 minutes off the bench one game and then just straight up doesn't play at all the next game. And mm-hmm. that's just not typically what you see. You don't see that ever from good teams. Um, right. But that can make it a scary proposition from a fantasy perspective. All right, let's hit a couple sponsors here. First is Vivid Seats. You heard us broadcasting at the top from the Vivid Seats Lounge. The Vivid Seats app is the only app that you really want to use these days for buying and selling tickets. You can use the promo code OVERTIME. You've heard us talk about this before. That's the podcast network we're on. You uh, get automatically enrolled into the rewards program, and you get up to $100 back on your first ticket purchase. You get to see the exact seat you're going to sit in. You uh, you see, excuse me, you can get like the panoramic view of you know the court or the field or whatever. We talked about, I know it's an NBA podcast. This is right around the time of the year, though. If you're interested in getting football tickets, this is a nice time to bring the kids to a football game on the pretty cheap, especially as you get teams that are falling out of it. Um, but Some really good tickets coming up for this Sunday's game. Cowboys at the Eagles, Duck. Huge game, huge divisional implications. Uh, you can get seats in the lower section for $183 each. That's, that's uh, yeah, that's and that's actually a game that means something for two teams that barely have winning record or don't do not have winning record. So <laughs> who would have thought so that? This guy, so Doug's a Giants fan, so he's a sort he's, of he's hating here. I've saw you live and die by those Giants. Yeah, I tangentially root for the Giants. <laughs> Let me go. Okay, Vivid Seats. So Vivid Seats app. Use the promo code overtime. Go check them out. Download it, and you got to use uh, like I said, use the promo code. You're all good to go. The other one, CBS HQ app. This one is, if you are following along with sports at this point, which you are listening to this podcast, so you clearly are, gone are the days where you need to like watch SportsCenter to get your news or take, get some hot takes from some clown um, that just is like the, the producer told them it's the next spot up, so they need to talk about you know Anthony Davis, whether he's soft or not, for 20 minutes, and you need to listen to it. CBS Sports HQ is an a la carte um, look at sort of sports content at this point. You download the app. It's totally free. You don't sign up for anything, so there's no... There's no ask here. Just go and download the app. And then you can basically walk yourself through the content that you want to engage with. It goes game by game. It goes slate by, or excuse me, it goes like night by night. That you, you, know, you just want to watch stuff around the Lakers, Pacers, just click on that game. Get the preview for that game. Get the highlights when it's over. They've got a ton of betting stuff on there as well. And like I said, CBS Sports HQ, totally free. About as good a content as you're going to get from um, just overall in terms of the sports world right now. And they're not asking for anything except you download it, and that's they stand by the product because you're just going to stick with it after you download it, and you're good to go. So CBS Sports HQ. All right, Atlanta goes into the play the Knicks. Knicks two and a half point home favorites. Um, Look at us, they say. <laughs> this is uh, when I was sending over picks uh, to our writer Jerry, who does a great job uh, covering some NBA stuff a few times a week. He which openly admitted that when I highlighted R.J. Barrett as a guy to write up, he just wrote that it was really hard to make the case for R.J. Barrett. And R.J. Barrett still just plays a ton. Like, I don't know what to make of a guy like this who can play 35 to 38 minutes a night, 
and sometimes it's there. And I don't know if it's just it's just like a Knicks Knicks offensive scheme sort of thing, and they're just kind of run a lot through Julius Randle and Marcus Morris at this point. But what are your thoughts on a guy whose price continues to drop, but the minutes remain there? He's very cheap on DraftKings. He's only forty five hundred on DraftKings. Yeah, well, um, I'm starting to get concerned for Archie Barrett's development, honestly, because when he came into the league, he was shot out of a cannon. He was playing a lot of minutes, but performing really well. Three of the last four games have just been downright sad. I yeah. mean, aside from that Golden State game, he's played the minutes, as you've said, but he's got 10 points, fantasy points, against Denver, 16 against Sacramento, and 10 against yep. Portland. It's not looking great, and he, he just looks sort of checked out from time to time, or just like the team is actively moving away from involving him in the offense as much as they were, and that I don't think is good for anyone. So I, I would be... It would be a tough pill to swallow for me to play him as well. Yeah, it's just the cheap. It's just so cheap. Forty five hundred. If you think thirty five minutes is around, is around, and I get it. Like the performance hasn't been there. This is sort of becomes a weird math problem about when to maybe down have gentle guidance downward on his full season stats. Like when the recent yeah. performance matters more than the, the new coaching situation, right? Yeah, that's true. Mike Miller, I wasn't taking that into account as maybe as much as I should have. So he's there. Um, another interest, another one that's kind of hard to wrap your mind around is what to do with this point guard situation where. Frank Nicolina still starts, but Alfred Payton's been coming in off the bench, playing 25 to 27 minutes, kind of crushing from a fantasy perspective. Point guard. Yeah, he put up, yeah, he put up 10, uh, 10 points, 11 assists, 7 rebounds in just 25 minutes against Denver uh, last time out. I don't think we're going to see a switch into the starting lineup for him, but he's one of these guys, even on FanDuel, that starts getting into the conversation at 5,500 at 25 minutes. Like, that is a... that Talk about yeah. tough pills to swallow. This is another one, because... It's unlikely we see 32 minutes out of Alfred Payton. Like, I think there's almost no world where that happens. No, it seems like a pretty But clear. there is a world where 17 minutes happens for him. And and that's kind of... What are your thoughts here on this point guard situation? Yeah, that's a tricky one. I mean, and Nick Salina was good last game, too, which is never good for, you know, a guy in Payton's spot. Uh, the fact that Nick Salina had a 13-5-4 with four steals in 23 minutes uh, could pretend, you know, them bumping his minutes back up to where they had been. Uh, in November there. So, yeah, it's a tricky situation. I would really want to be examining some of my other options at point guard. That's why I brought up guys like Corey Joseph. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey Joseph at 1,500 less, given that he's starting. His, he's probably going to play more minutes than Peyton. Granted, he does next to nothing when he's out there, but it just seems like on a points-per-dollar basis, that's the higher floor play. I don't know. Yeah, so, um, like I said, this has the, one of the higher totals of the night at 221.5. It's the second high, eh, third highest. Eh, it's right in the middle of the pack with the over-under. Two pretty bad teams going up against each other. Uh, the Knicks, I find to be you know like moderately interesting, mostly because they have at least been pretty solid with the minutes with the guys like Randall Morris uh, and I guess Barrett, but we talked about that. Atlanta side, Trey Young, it's mostly still the Trey Young show that we have seen big minutes out of DeAndre Hunter. He played 37 last game, only got up 10 shots in those 37 minutes. Jabari Parker was, is now probable, so I think he's going to play. And Herter has had his minutes increase to 30. I'm not sure if that really matters for his price. Any quick, is it this, like, are we basically in the Trey Young or Bust territory here with the Hawks? I guess there's a small case for Hunter if these are going to be the real minutes. Yeah, it's weird. I, I wrote up Herter the other night when they were going up against the Lakers because it appeared as though, like, basically, Herter's trajectory since returning has been his minutes limit is 15. He plays exactly 15. Minutes limit's 25. He plays exactly 25. It was 30 against Indy in the prior game. And he played exactly 30. And then we saw it dip back down uh, to 23 against the Lakers in a game they only lost by five points. Um, and so that is a little bit tricky to me. Like if if his minutes can range, like if he's going to play 30, I think Herter is a reasonable high floor option. 
if he can go down to the low twenties, I don't think you can go. He might have gotten hurt at the end of this game. I realized though, because he has a he had a shoulder contusion. I wonder if he's he's questionable for tonight. So I wonder if he. I, I, I'll admit, I was not watching this Lakers game. So um, well, it's the same shoulder that was bothering him earlier this season. Okay, so, so we'll keep an eye. He, on did, he did get bumped from the game, but it's this very same shoulder. So I think that uh, it makes sense to exercise some caution here. All right, Nets go in and play the Brooklyn. The Brooklyn Nets go in and play the New Orleans Pelicans. This game has the highest over under of the night, which it should 231 and a half a Nets team coming off a win over the Sixers your uh, Nets team yeah, my Nets baby we got Nets go subscribe to the we got Nets podcast absolutely crushing it on the overtime media network with our all of our hot Nets takes not my uh, takes by the way it's Doug and his co-host Adam yeah, I would never have you on that podcast the uh so we have the Nets uh going in here Spencer Dinwiddie has been I look, the thing with Spencer Spencer Dinwiddie hasn't just been good as a backup Spencer or as a fill-in for Kyrie, Spencer Dinwiddie's just been good. <laughs> like he's yeah. just been he's turned himself into this weird conversation of like where does he where does he sort of rank MVP talk? No. <laughs> where does he rank just among the group of point guards? Uh like this is how good he's been and efficient he's been uh since taking over for Kyrie, who there is some speculation that the Nets have not been forthright about what Kyrie's injury is. Um and there's in Nets world at least, there's speculation that they might even just shut him down. I don't know. They've been they're they're really kind of finicky with the with the injury reporting. Regardless, he's not gonna play tonight, and neither is Levert still as they work their way back. What do we want to do with Dinwiddie here? The Dinwiddie, I, I could think we see more minutes out of Jared Allen. This is a good matchup for Allen. Um, outside of like not having real rangy bigs on in, in terms of the Pelicans, and the Pelicans just play a very fast pace with almost the worst defense in the league. So, uh, what do you? Th- we'll start on the Brooklyn side here. Yeah, one thing that's interesting to me about Allen, and you pointed this out when we were watching the Nets game the other night, is that there are these certain matchups where Allen just can't do his thing at all. Yeah. And so, Brooklyn being like one of the smart teams just sort of removes him from the offensive equation. And I think the recent game log points to this as well, right? So he disappears against Philly and Toronto, two teams that are long, have really strong defensive interiors. Prior two games against Charlotte and Denver, and Charlotte again, and then Atlanta before that, he's heavily involved and kind of popping off. And so for that reason, I think Allen, very interesting price point on him right now because oftentimes we see players, a player's price stay low, because their performance is erratic, and that makes them interesting big tournament opportunities. In Allen's case, it's sort of an opportunity thing, where his both his performance and his opportunity will spike in matchups that are favorable to him. So, I, I mean, it's still a little bit weird to play guys like this in cash games who could play between 21 and 29 minutes. Like, that's that's a little bit difficult, but I think this is definitely shaping up to be one of those matchups where he could stay out there and, and do some real damage. This is like a 30-minute game for him, I think. And I'm saying this strictly as having followed the team very closely, and I'm not like this with every team, so um, and right. I don't want to get too miss the forest for the trees by right. just kind of being too involved in a team and having bad takes because I'm just no more about this team. Yeah, than you're the other sitting ones. there with your eyeball test. I so. will. It's not an eyeball test for me, I'm, though, in terms of talent. It's an eyeball test in terms of how I believe to do the rotations, and this is a matchup that is not going to exploit what his weaknesses are at all. And so, and especially around the floor spacing and the rim running, this is exactly where you want to be with Jared Allen. I think I feel very confident playing Jared Allen in cash on FanDuel at 6,500. I think especially from an offensive rebounding standpoint um, and just an overall volume up pace I did actually right now our system this is with Anthony Davis playing so I'm not sure either way I think it's not going to matter right now we have Dinwiddie and Allen in cash games on FanDuel I suspect we stick there yeah, um, this, I, I can't stress this enough it's just mostly a matchup the Pelicans just are really bad at defense they're third worst in the league uh, in defensive efficiency and I think they're fourth in pace 
Um, no, they're third in pace. So this is right. This is really just right where you want to be. I think there's cases for guys like Prince and Harris as well, um, and not so much with Garrett Temple, I don't think. But um, I think you are going to see some ownership on the Brooklyn side. Now, what about the? What are your thoughts here on the Pelicans? They are coming off a loss to the Magic. Their their team is circling the drain. Uh, they're six and twenty-one on the season. Guys like Ingram have. I mean, the minutes are there. Drew Holiday still plays a ton. Um, he played 40 minutes, even in a pretty bad loss, where a lot of the other starters lost their minutes, where Jackson Hayes and Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart played more minutes than the starters, except for Redick and Holiday. Give me your thoughts on the Pelicans team. I feel like we're trending into a bad team that is just not really sure what's going to happen here with them, and that's kind of where we're trending with some of these minutes, and Brooklyn still represents a very good matchup here. Well, Ingram is just an awesome player. That's the first thing that I would like to point out in this. Like When you look back on that Davis trade <clears throat> excuse me, that the Pelicans pretty much had to make, like Ingram this season, 25-7-4 on 50%, basically 50-40-84 from free throw. That's insane. That's great production, super, super efficient, and doing that as the first option on the team shooting 18 times a game like hats off to him he's really taken that leap and is you know a guy who's probably fixing to get the max next time uh, contract negotiations come up so uh, I think that's pretty compelling the thing about him now is that at least on FanDuel the price has climbed up past a point where you're getting his baseline production at a discount so it's a reasonable matchup with the Nets here but like you said the Pelicans the minutes can come and go blowouts are always in play just because of how bad the team is and so for that reason, I don't know that you want to start by just plugging Ingram in and, and going from there. I think uh, Holiday is a close to a cash play for me at 8,300. A lot of usage last game. The minute It's really the minutes. Um, they just play him a ton, as they should. He's their best player. So I, I think... I think Ingram's their best player. Okay. So either way, I, okay, let me put it a different way. I think Holiday's minutes are safer. So let's talk about it from a DFS perspective. I think regardless of what the talent level is here, sure. Holiday's minutes... If I had to project them both, I would be I always feel better on the floor of minutes from Drew Holiday than Brandon Ingram, and I think they both have very high minutes floors, and they're both very good. So it's really just probably just splitting hairs at that point. Um, I think Ingram's not a guy that we've been on as much as some other people in the industry at times, for better or for worse. Mostly for better, I think, just considering the price point. So um, that's kind of yeah. where I land with Brandon Ingram here. No real injury news on the Pelican side, except that. It's not injury news that having Derek Favors back in the mix here kind of just dumpsters all the bigs on this team and from a fantasy perspective because mm-hmm. he's not playing enough minutes. Um, and then guys like Okafor, like he plays he's 20 to 22 minutes, even if they jack him up a little bit here. And then guys like Hayes and, and Okafor, which is a DMP last game. So um, that's kind of what happens with their bigs. Two more games to go. We have Orlando goes in and plays Utah. I'm not sure we're going to spend too much time in this game for a few reasons. One, super low total on this slate. 207 is easily, eh, not easily lowest. That Sacramento one has 208. But um, the big news here is that Mike Conley is going to be back for this game. And I think even at a minute's management piece, considering how the prices have gone on the Utah guys, I think Conley just coming back just means we can write this team off for for now from a DFS perspective. You can't play Conley, and I don't think you can play the rest of the guys either. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think Conley's return, uh, it's going to take the ball out of Mitchell's hands a lot. Mitchell already, you know, kind of coming and going on this price point to begin with. And then the rest of these guys are, at least offensively, just sort of filler around those guys, right? I mean, perhaps aside from Rudy Gobert, who's actually had a little bit of a, a resurgence recently, both in terms of scoring and on the boards, uh, I could see him being a reasonable center option just because center is always terrible on a night-to-night basis. And Right now, I'm not super enthusiastic about some of the names cropping up at center for us either. But yeah, outside of him specifically, I think everyone else 
it's going to suffer from Conley's return. I want to amend one thing because I'm going to move on from this game too. I missed an uh, injury news note that JJ Redick is out for the Pelicans tonight. So that would um, just in, in the just rewind here for one second. That is going to push guys like Josh Hart and not Lonzo as much, but guys like Josh Hart and Kenrich Williams that are play a little bit more along those wings. That Hart specifically, if, if he were to enter the starting lineup tonight, which I suspect he will uh, at shooting guard. Even at 5,000 for him, if you think he's going to range into that 32 to 33 minute uh, territory, he probably ends up becoming a play. So um, I just had just kind of glossed over that that injury news with Redick, um, but I think that's that would amend something. That's the one piece of amendment on I think where we would stand with the Pelicans. I'm not interested in anything on the Magic. We're going in against a very slow and very good defense or decent def- defense in terms of the Jazz. Final game, Phoenix on the back to back playing the. Clippers, who are 12 and a half point favorites. I think we're just going to be caught in between on this situation because Kawhi is back. He was only a load management rest DMP last game. Uh, and then, but Lou Williams has been out for the last couple games. Lou, it's interesting because we saw with when Kawhi and PG play together, right? The, we get a situation where they just take all the shots it, it, with Lou Williams is out. But if Lou Williams is there, I feel like that represents just enough usage being reinserted into the lineup that at their current price points, it's really tough to play either either or both of these guys. And then we also have some blowout risk here. Do we? Is this just a situation where three and a half hours after lineup lock, and we're almost definitely not going to know about Lou Williams? That I, I feel like there's just too many downside risks to this piece. Specifically from a cash game perspective. Yeah, unless you can late swap, I think this is a really, really problematic one because uh, Williams coming out there, he plays a lot alongside the starters in spite of being a backup, and his 32 minutes with primarily having the ball in his hands, both in terms of his scoring but also in terms of how he creates for others, I think that's sort of an underrated aspect of Williams's game these days, and that actually opens up the floor a lot more for some of those tertiary options as well. So uh, where when he's not in there, you know, it's a lot of Kawhi and Paul George sort of taking turns. Uh, when Lewell's out there, it's a, just a much more, you know, conventional offense where the point guard's, you know, doing drive and kick and uh, just doing a bunch of other stuff. So I agree with you. I think unless we get definitive news, it's sort of a stay away. Yep. Uh, I think that's where I land too. And, and we're also, I don't think, going to have news on Devin Booker either. And so, and DeAndre Ayton's coming back tonight off the suspension. So that pretty much is the end of any big. The, we really didn't get, weren't getting much value off those bigs anymore yeah. anyway, like Kaminsky. And, we had some fun with those guys early. In the right. Season. And Baines wasn't playing much off the bench. And they kept Baines on the bench, I think, with the anticipation that DeAndre was coming back here to get him back with the second unit. Right. So um, that's probably pretty much the end of Kaminsky and DeAndre Ayton. I will say with the, I, one thing about these suspensions as different, it's not an injury, which is interesting. This is worth noting because there's not going to be any minutes concern on DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton yeah. has not been sitting out because of an injury. He's got sitting out because he got violated into the PED thing. So he's a cheater. Uh, <laughs> I did read a, there was a funny quote by Aaron was that Kaminsky or Baines. They said, he's going to, what did he say? He was going to be, Oh, he was getting, there was something about how like he was going to take revenge or he was going to be so itching, raring to go. or like I was like, yeah, of course. Well, it wasn't like the, the league kept him out on like some unfair thing. He just got caught using the banned substance. Like, it really, it's not, well, it wasn't in his case. It was like a diuretic that could be associated yeah, with... Yeah, he didn't fight it at all. Like he didn't like... he didn't like There was no real... I mean, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes with these things, but it was pretty much an apology and take your medicine. I mean, pun intended. So like the... Um, <laughs> it, I don't know, whatever. DeAndre Ayton. So mostly to say is DeAndre Ayton could walk into this game and just play a lot of minutes um that is one that's worth noting here because 
It's just not an injury piece. That's always one of the only point that out. Just the guys that are questionable for this game, Booker, Jermichael Green, Lou Williams. and Oh, oh that was the other one. Patrick Beverly sat out the game because of concussion also. So um, there's too much injury news that I do not think we are going to have. Keep an eye on this for the late slate, though, because you know this could be one of those nights where the late slate winds up rounding into a, a pretty interesting DFS opportunity if you get this news prior to the 9 o'clock game. For sure. All right. Uh, DailyFantasySportsRankings.com is the site. DFSR.com for short dfsr.com slash deals get you started on the projection system that we've been talking about it gives you optimal lineups for FanDuel and DraftKings the lineups that James and I play every single night so we you know we put our money where our mouth is when it comes to our system um, we're also in there for our members only chat talking through all the different situations scenarios kind of what we're playing what our ideas are uh, and it just becomes a real nice community that we've established over the last couple of years we're really proud of it and you can sign up right now with a free seven-day trial by just going to dfsr.com slash deals. You can also go check out our football podcast. We'll be going uh, right through the end of the season and into the playoffs with football stuff. That's over on the DFSR football podcast. Buddy, enjoy your Tuesday in the association. Peace.